Hello, and welcome back to the Causing a Racket podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Simon. And we're Simon. here to hit it on the Australian Open. Yes. Tell me about it, Kevin. Our official Australian Open episode, all things down under, like Mick Dundee. Uh, the accent, uh, should probably stay with a manager at an Outback Steakhouse, but the attempt wasn't bad. I've definitely heard worse. Oh my God. I can't take you right now. <laughs> Just don't try and rescue me from a skyscraper ledge. I don't think anyone at Outback Steakhouse even uses an accent. It's like, it's like a marketing ploy. It's like Foster's beer. No one, no Australian actually drinks like Foster's beer, but it's like all the commercials oh, wow, like Foster's, 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 you know? Yeah, the Australian beer. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and do one. Okay. People tell me I sound South African. Okay. So I I know. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's one of your favorite accents. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We're jokes aside. Let's get into this. <laughs> All right. Australian Open. One of my favorite times of the year. Why? Because new season just started. Usually, it's a lot of players. You know, we'll get new coaches, new apparel companies, new sponsorships. You see all the brand new lines come out for all the clothes. And so, yeah, let's let's start on that front, Simon. So we've got some interesting new apparel players in the game. Uh, not Your non-traditional tennis apparel companies are coming in. Uh, and so let's, let's start with one of the first ones. Matteo Berrettini, top 10 player from Italy. He will be now rocking Hugo Boss. Wow. What do you think, Simon? Boss, like a boss. Well, I agree with you. There's nothing quite like the Australian Open, that new season smell. Uh, I'll tell you what. Anything from Lotto is an upgrade. I'm sorry, storied Italian tennis company, but people don't wear Lotto and win majors. You, you gotta love an Italian. You gotta love an Italian guy wearing the Italian brand. It's it's like it's like Gasquet wearing Lacoste, like you know, French player wearing a French company. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Or, uh, what's his name wearing Lacoste Sportif, the uh, Ambert. I, I respect that. I do think for me, I like Hugo Boss. I think that it's a smart move for them to get into it. And Kevin, you made a note before that tennis has become a significantly more popular recreationally over the pandemic. So it makes sense that a recreational brand, a mainstream brand like Hugo Boss would want to get into an activity like tennis that's become more popular. Right. I know it, it truly is. I mean, um, Berrettini is one of the Red Bull guys. They're, they're trying to break in. I mean, that's not a, an apparel company, but yeah, as you can see, there's a, there's a, Bigger interest in tennis now, thanks to the pandemic. Um, speaking of recreational, you know, tennis and, and, and brands and everything, let's talk about the next big one. Layla Fernandez is now the ambassador for Lululemon in tennis. I, I like this one, Simon. I I, I like Lululemon. Um, I only own one article of clothing from Lululemon, but <laughs> it's nice. It's it's good clothing. I like it. It's expensive, but it's nice. I, I, I think I think Lululemon will do well in tennis. I think a lot of people wear it. Um, you know, my buddy. Ray Sarmiento, shout out. He wore a few Lululemon art pieces of clothing in, in some challenger matches. It's it's good, comfortable clothing to play tennis in. And you had mentioned to me before, you said, I think Lulu should get into tennis. And I thought you were smoking the good stuff. And it turns out now you might have been onto something. Shout out also to Ray, looking good in those matches wearing the Lulu. And I will say this too. You're right. It's comfortable. It's like athletic and athleisure kind of that strange uh point that tennis crosses it straddles it there's certain something historical about tennis something nostalgic where it's athleisure you wear the polo on the court you look good afterwards in the clubhouse i don't know if that's kind of the roots of the sport the historical alignments with it 
but I do think that it's kind of embedded in its DNA. And I think Lululemon is positioned to take advantage of that. Well, and everybody likes Layla Fernandez. Uh, uh, my girlfriend likes Layla Fernandez. My mom likes <laughs> Layla Fernandez. There it is. There Even it is. My Every- grandma said I like her. Every episode, we got we got to mention you have a girlfriend. I, you, you, well, you did, we you can did also mention Kevin that <laughs> that you're on the market and the ladies are going to start oh pouring in God. here. That's why we yep. don't put the video on. It's going to get out of control if we set up an inbox. We'd be inundated. We're actually transitioning this from a tennis podcast to dating podcast. So, but anyways, <laughs> let's get the viewership quintupling. Let's get the last big name with a sponsorship change, uh, Mr. Gael Monfils. Signing a five-year deal with the French company Artango. Now, Gilmore Feast is 35, Simon, meaning he will be 40 when his deal is done with Artango. Give me, give me your take. You're shaking your head right now. Tell me. You are you already answered my question. It's <laughs> old man river. You were like, you said to me, you said, we're going to be seeing Monfils 40 playing with the Rackets. No, we won't. He's not going to be 40 on tour. The guy's got two, maybe three years left, and then they're going to be sending commercials on French daytime television, if that's even a thing. <laughs> so you think he'll just buy out I his contract? Like, he'll just, yeah, I wonder if it's guaranteed <laughs> money. Might. Like, <laughs> Jeez, dude. They'd probably like... have to buy him out. Look, I get why he did it, right? He's a big name. It's a new yep. brand. You got yep. five years, probably wanted some more money. He's a popular player. We should talk about he's I actually using their racket. So most apparel companies like, you know, Nike, you know, there's only a few companies that have apparel and a racket like, you know, Yonex, Wilson. But like these actual apparel companies like, you know, Nike and Adidas, like they don't have rackets, right? Artango has a racket. Monfils is using it. Uh which is crazy because we talk about this a lot. Players don't actually use the brand's racket. Usually it's like one of their old rackets that, you know, is more comfortable for them. And they're just painting over it, like with, with, the, with the brand and the color, right? He's or it's actually, a totally custom stick. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, this is actually the Artango racket, according to sources. So I, wow. this, is, this is nuts to me, right? Like, it's just. That is nuts. I, I don't think enough people out there understand that the rackets the pros use are not what you buy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Stefano Sitsipas is not using a 10.9 ounce racket. Absolutely not. Talk about the cable. Uh, and I think, the, I mean, the, the Wilson blade is talking, you're talking about. Yeah. I, yeah, I, okay. I think it was maybe 11.1. My point, <laughs> you get it, right? My point yeah. is, it's, it's not their racket. There's a couple instances when it is. Typically, it's custom made. So if that's the truth, if he really is using their racket, uh, you know, I think that's more power to them, and it's it's a good marketing technique. I, I mean, just, you, I you know, I think that's all it is. We'll see. I mean, he won a tournament last week. Uh, I mean, he just retired, you know, first match of this because he because of his, of this week just because he he hurt his neck and his shoulder. I don't know if that's because of the racket or if he's just you know trying to get into shape. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, first tournament. Can you imagine, if, injury. Can you imagine <laughs> if it was the racket? I know that'd be such bad publicity. <laughs> Well, pieces is using your racket. He got hurt. Um, anyways, <laughs> I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know right there. Wins one, two, fifty, retires. Also, uh, if somebody's using head racket and head clothing, or Wilson racket and Wilson clothing, they're probably not a top tier player. I just want to be clear. Kevin yeah, mentioned should, that earlier. You should but... tell people that. Actually, yeah. Well, Stan Wawrinka was wearing Yonex and he won some majors, so that was that yeah. Was Yonex a is a you're slightly right. different you're scenario. Right. Yeah, yeah, usually the any other situation. Usually the studs are wearing like, you know, more high profile clothing companies, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, so, um, here, let's do one last honorable mention before we get into, you know, the draws and the picks. Um, New Balance, Jordan Thompson rocking some 
rainbow pants. <laughs> uh, Tommy Paul had a very colorful shirt too. And so, I mean, Simon, are we going to see some rainbow clothing from, you know, Coco Golf and all these people in, in Australia for New Balance? Look, all I have to say is first, mercifully, New Balance always gives Goff good-looking clothing because sometimes there's garish-looking stuff. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if it's New Balance uh, got a couple headline, Jack Harlow shout-outs. Right? Yeah, she Harlow. is. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah, Jack Harlow gave him some shout-outs and they said, <laughs> let's give some ridiculous rainbow clothing or what the deal is, but I, I don't I don't think we'll see that on Goff. I think New Balance is wise enough to realize she has universal appeal, but – Tommy Paul, they trot out there in some garbage and say, go sell it. All I'm saying, yeah, when I watched Jordan Thompson's match and Tommy Paul, I was like, what is this colorful thing you're at? That was crazy. All right. Uh, that was, that was What's an honorable worse, the mustache or the colors for Jordan Thompson? The mustache and the hair, I think, is ridiculous right now. I think <laughs> he's... He's looking real grimy, but anyways, let's, let's, let's get into the draws and the fix. So, uh, disclaimer, before we get into this, there is still... The Djokovic saga hanging in the air. Um, according to source, my sources, you know, he has a, a second hearing that we're still waiting to hear the decision on. The Minister of Immigration can still cancel his visa. Um, he's being investigated for a character clause because he tested positive in December. And, you know, he went to Spain the day after, so did not obey quarantine and, and you know, all the rules. And, uh, yeah, Simon, this is it. just – so long story short, they could redo the draw. He's seated number one. They made the draw. If his visa gets canceled, they will have to redo this draw. And, it, and it's crazy to me because CC Boss came out, fired off, and said, you know, you're making a mockery of all the players because apparently 98% of the tour is vaccinated right now. And so Mr. CC Boss, who was unvaccinated at the beginning of 2021, is also is vaccinated now, and he's firing off. And so it's – give me your thoughts, Simon. I mean, like, I, we just have to disclaim this if we get these picks and they change. But, yeah, I this is this thing just never I, mean, I agree with you. I think they have to redo the draw. You can't have some lucky loser taking over Djokovic's slot. But it's ridiculous. You already know we covered this, Kevin. I think it's ridiculous. I think this whole song is ridiculous. I think it's like a soap opera on a tennis oh, totally. court playing out. I want it to be over. I want the Australian it's Open to be It's giving tennis such a bad image. It's, it's, it's like people think now, like, tennis is just this – unvaccinated like, like sport and it's just like no like a lot of players are vaccinated like just like the nba like yeah they guys, think the these guys of follow, Serbia. Uh, yeah because you're yeah number one ranked player is not following the rules i mean this would be like you know lebron james just like wasn't vaccinated it was just it's yeah it's and, and also like being having his parents going out on media being like shame 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 <laughs> I like your game. I like your Game of Thrones reference. Right there. <laughs> I feel like I'm in high school and like Novak's parents call me. They're like, "Can you believe that they're doing this to him?" Oh I'm like, gosh. "Hey, Mr. Djokovic, how's it going?" <laughs> That's what I feel like. It's terrible. Look, well, Kevin, with that, okay. What do you think about a couple of quarters in the draw? I'll start okay. with mine. We'll start with the women here. Uh, ladies first. I'm going to start with a player who I think has a tough draw in a quarter. And that's, I do think Ash Barty's quarter is very tough. Her initial two matches aren't so tough, but then she's got Camilla Georgie, Belinda Benchik, potentially Amanda Anisimova, but the biggest one of them all, just in her section of eight. Naomi Osaka's in there, man. That's going to be a really tough match before the quarterfinals. That's going to be the headliner. Um, that match is going to say a lot. I, I, 
you know, Ash Barty had a nice little win first match over Coco Golf that was that was pretty tight. Um, so you know, maybe she's finding her rhythm, getting getting into her form right before the, the open. But um, that that match, I think, will say it all, Simon. I think I think if Barty gets past Osaka, um, I we we maybe we got to counter in for the final. I mean, what do you think? Uh is that Kevin? Are you predicting that the winner of a third round match is going to make it all the fourth way to the finals? I just fourth want to round. Be clear. Fourth, fourth round. Fourth round. Just because you know Osaka is dangerous. That's a dangerous fourth round match. I mean, Sakari's in the quarters. That's that's a tough match. Um, Krachikova would be the projected semifinal. Um, I just think Osaka's more dangerous on an Australian Open hardcourt compared to Krachikova. Um, Sakari, I think, is a tough hardcourt match. I think. She- Dude, I think Osaka is more dangerous than just about anybody because the quarter below them is not easy with Jabor, Pagula, Sakari. Is there anyone you think, Kevin, has a a quarter that is really tough? Moog. I I think Mugaruza's got a tough draw. The first three don't seem that scary. Uh, I mean, well, Burrell, as you mentioned, is is, is a tough player. Um, Cornet can be dangerous. Uh, I just don't like Halep in the fourth and Contavia in, in the quarters. That 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 spells trouble to me. I think you're right. I think she's good. I do see Contavet having a a pretty easy quarter unless for some reason Clara Towson goes full tree or Collins goes tree. And I just I think that's a really tough matchup for Muguruza. She's gonna have potentially three tough matches in a row. She could have Tamara Zidencheck or Heather Watson in the third round. Neither of those are easy matches if those players have managed to win two rounds. Well, what about anyone you think has an easy quarter, Kevin? Is there anyone you think is walking in where we're going to be a week from now talking about it? You're going to say, this person is walking in, taking that Brolex, and taking home the money. Sabalenka. Ooh, you like yes. that. Cash I, I, okay. I think Sabalenka's, for lack of a better phrase, got a kick walk in. Uh, but, I, but then we always come back to this. Sabalenka... She's been seated, you know, top two and probably what the last six, seven majors. It's just like mm-hmm. we just haven't mm-hmm. seen her break through yet, you know. And that's that's what it's crazy because it's like you've done the hard work of getting seated this high and getting these getting these better draws, right? I mean, that's that's the whole point of being seated number two is you're gonna have this cakewalk of a draw virtually, right? But yeah, I that's the person I want to see if I'm if we're gonna be you know talking week two of Australia like. Let's see if Sablink is there, but I, that's the draw that I, lo- I saw first, and I said, wow, like, you better get there. I have to agree. I could not agree with you more. I would pick that person as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I like Ann Lee, I don't think it poses a serious threat if Ab- Sabalenka is on. And I mean, sweet attack in the quarter could be dangerous for Sabalenka, but um, just like we talked about, Muguruza has got a tough road in that yeah. qu- in that quarter. Um Kerber, I, I don't see really scaring Sabalenka. I I mean, really, it's 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 like Swiatek and whoever survives the Muguruza quarter. I mean, that's really what yeah. I could see her toughest challenge being Layla Fernandez. And if she gets yes, past Layla right. Fernandez, right. it's into the semis. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but. that's what I think. All right. Now, it, look, if I'm looking at the men here, talk about uh, unvaccinated, unfavored. I don't like Novak Djokovic's quarter. Miramar Kekmanovic first round is not easy. Tommy Paul and his horrible New Balance close the second round is not easy. He yeah. does not have an easy Sinego's playing well right now. He's got him in round three. Christian Garings is protected round four. Berrettini. That that Berrettini quarter is, is tough, too. I, there's a lot of dangerous players. And it's 
it's funny, man. We, we talk about this. This is this is not a good looking draw for him. And not to mention, he's probably going to be just emotionally exhausted when he enters round one. Right. I mean, this this whole vaccination saga has got to be draining. So this this is spell in trouble for Novak. I think if he gets in, we're going to tell how he feels. If he can beat Kekmanovic in three, four sets, he's got three days of rest. He's okay. If he takes five sets, that's bad news. I do have a question here for you. First round, Sebastian Corda, Cameron Nori. That's a tough round, but otherwise, I like Corda's ability to kind of get through on that one. Ooh, Sebi Corda. I do want to see some ripples be made. You know, uh, Cam Nori is playing good ball right now, so I mean, that's that's a that's a tall order to ask for. Um, Dude, it's that plus Busta plus potentially Pui or Quarantine Mute. That's not an easy quarter, but I do think if Corda can get through to the fourth round to play Matteo Berrettini. We've seen some improvement from him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at this draw now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's got Mutet, Luca Pui. I mean, I don't, I don't see either one of those guys taking out Corda. Uh, Fonini, we'll see if he gets hot. Um, Corino Busta is probably the most dangerous guy, right? So, um, yeah, let's see. I mean, this is this is what you, this is what you hope for. You know, when you when you see the draw, you're like, hey, who, where are the Americans who can make the run? Sebi Corda, you got an opportunity right here. So. What do you think about anybody you want to highlight, Kevin, who has a good quarter or a weak quarter in the men's draw? I think we got to look at Daniil Medvedev. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. the headliner is going to be round two if he plays Kyrgios. I mean, I don't, I don't see Kyrgios beating Medvedev, but that's just <sighs> going to be the night match that everyone wants to talk about and watch. That's and everything. a blockbuster. But, right. Um, he did lose to Ugo Amber in ATP Cup, which I could call that a fluke. But I, I just see Medvedev not really having trouble until he gets to the, to the semi, right? Um, I mean, Rublev's in his quarter, but I, I think he's got Rublev's number. So it's... I agree with you. And I think the little eighth section above him is tougher uh, than his section. And I think that in there, it's going to be only one guy's going to come out of there. If it's between Rublev and Medvedev, I'm liking Team Russia to make it all the way... Uh, possibly to the semis. Yeah, I mean, All that's right. the best way I can say it. He lo- he's very, he looks very Russian. He looks, he and Rublev, dude, if they're in there, that looks like a matchup in the Kremlin. It looks like I'm going to see Vladimir Putin in the second row eating peanuts or whatever they eat there. I mean, that's, that's what's crazy about this young Russian group is that we're going to see a lot of quarters and semis against each, against each other, right? So, um, mm-hmm. should be exciting. Yeah. I, I think that the draw I like here, it's going to be good. We're going to come back in a week, right? And we'll talk about some of these guys to look at the second week. So we'll kind of see how we fared in some of these and see if there's any serious upsets. Uh, that being said, Kevin, let's move into a section here, a little two for two. Uh, in the past, we had some picks. We went four for five. Uh, the only one we missed was Alia Tamjanovic, who got a, a set and a break and then decided to take a break. Uh, <laughs> like it was a... <laughs> Kit Kat bar or something, and oh yeah, I just had... I think it's classic tight second set. She had a lead, dropped it, lost a second, and you're just you're just mentally like you just I don't want to say she she didn't tank it, just you know yeah. The wind, the wind came out of your sails in, in the third set, right? Yeah, so it's it's totally tough to it's tough to rebound back. Yeah, but hey, I like when she went, We went four set. for five. We called VDZ over Mackey. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. called. Cressy over Apelka. Yeah, we, we did good, man. Yeah, let's keep this going. I do think we did well. I think we did a good job of telling matches to stay away from. 
because mm. you know that's the key with some gamblers, Kevin. They're degenerates. You gotta <laughs> tell them stay gotta away. Help them, help them help themselves, yes. Simon. Direct them to the good matches. They're saying these guys won four for five. So let's go here. We'll, we'll add a little competition into it. We'll go two for two, double double, right? I'll uh, have two matches for you. You have two matches for me. We'll kind of pick and track from there. Uh, so God, I just uh, call, uh, instance, call, call, call men's or women's before you do it. That way I, I know what to, what to throw. Exactly. Well, in in this particular round, I'll do the women's, you do the men's. But in typical fashion, you beat Ray J. You hit it first. So I got a men's <laughs> match for you. That joke <laughs> never fails to land with Kevin Griffin. You love that joke. You love that joke. You go to the well on that joke. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Here it is. Holger Rune. Versus Sumu Kwan in the first round of the Australian Open. Good match. It is a good match. Uh, I'm going. I'm leaning Kwan. Uh, he's playing well. He's got a more aggressive game. Holger Rune's, you know, up and rising. And you know, I, I we could say in six to twelve months, Holger Rune is the better player. I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying right now, I, I see Kwan taking that match. Holger Rune, it's it's going to be more defense. He's going to probably run around more, grind. Um, Quan has been playing aggressive, strikes the ball well. I, yeah, I, I'm going to go Quan. What do you think? I agree with you. I think Quan is the play. I do think he's more aggressive. I do think Quan is one of those rare players. He's continued to show steady improvement, and I like where he's at in his career. I like him to take off this year. Quan minus 145, Rune plus 123. I think we take Quan plus 145. Quan, ever since uh, he won... I think it's Sir Bitten in uh, Kazakhstan. I mean, yeah, he's just been he's been going off. Yeah, I, I think that was a he's huge moment for his career. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like his game. I think we we all do, and I see, I've seen steady improvement. Uh, what about the women here, Kevin? I I'm sure you've got a couple of hot ones here, given the oh, of this. Race. Speaking of hot, um, <laughs> Emma Raducanu versus Sloane Stevens. Oh boy. We're gonna get a we're gonna get a, a cease and desist here from a British lawyer. Oh uh, but I'll tell you what. Well, okay. So you got you got two two former U.S. Open champions. Uh, Sloan Stevens just got married. Congrats, uh, Emma. Coming off a bad yeah, loss to Rubakina, zero and one. That was not a good way to start the season. So um, my heart wants Emma, but I, I'll, I'll let you pick. You go. Uh, I'll say this first off. That was a terrible start to the season. I wasn't sure what was worth Rubakina's <laughs> outfit or Emma Raducanu. I mean, for, for God's sake. Yeah, Emma just looked like she hadn't hit a ball in over a week. And it's, yeah, uh, that was rough. Uh, she couldn't put any pressure on her. That was a, t- that was a hard match to watch. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you this, Kevin. I'm going to give you a little bit of statistical uh, analysis here. Your famous paralysis by analysis. Sloan Stevens is 13 and 10 all time in the Australian Open. That is not a good record. Not to mention 13 and 10. You're kidding. 13 13 and 10. Wait, wait, you're you're telling me. If I remember correctly, she had that run where she played Serena, remember? And it was like Mm -hmm. the whole petty fight in the media after where like Serena was like tweeting and she was like, I made you and like all that. You know, like, so you're, you're telling me that most of her wins came in that run. When was that? 2013? Was 2013. You were oh on the cash God. money. Oh, my she God. She was 5-1 in 2013 before she lost to Serena. 3-1 in 2014. That's 8-2 since 2014. I mean, 5-8 and eight outside of 2014 and 2013. That is not a good record. You were on the money. Kevin, 13-10. So can we just say, 10, is it safe to say she just starts the year slow? Or, or she just, like, it's just not, I mean, you can't call it bad luck. I 
I think it's a combination of starting the year slow and the surface. I do think Sloan Stevens is athletic, plays good defense, plays on the baseline, but she can be susceptible to someone in the Australian Open just crushing the ball. Mm-hmm. I like the way Emma Raducanu hits the ball. At minus 115, I'd pull up the Brinks truck and i dump it in the back on Bovada's Buck or whoever you're using, MGM Resorts International, for those of you in the Silver State, I like Emma Raducanu. Now, uh, we're back to the men's here, Kevin, which Let's I know you like that. A little Farmer John sausage for breakfast. Oh, my God. What do you stop. Think stop. About stop. Maxine <laughs> Cressy and John Isner at play here. Two men uh, just really going at it. It's funny because, like, we talk about this with Opelka versus Isner. It's it's similar to the matchup <laughs> last week. Cressy versus Opelka. We called Cressy. I'm going Cressy again on Isner. I Isner had a tough loss to Kokonakis this week. Uh, it was three tiebreakers. Cressy just looks sharper, more match tough, has more matches in the last couple of weeks. I, I'm going to go with the hot hand and say Cressy on this one. I like where your head's at. Over five sets, Cressy's in good shape. He plays a very similar game. I like it. I like Cressy. He's minus 121. Uh, old Johnny is. Bass Pro Shops, former runner-up, plus 103. I got to like Cressy, too. Uh, there's got to be another women's match here for you, Kevin. Hit me with it. Another American matchup. Let's go with Sophia Kennan versus Madison Keys. Oh, two players after my own heart. Look, I got to say this. This is a little Wait, what did you say? Two players last. after my own heart. After my own heart. Just oh my uh, God. crushing the ball <laughs> off the both sides. Little regard for the lines. So the difference well, is they I make would, the balls, right? For I mean, me, Kennedy, I miss the lines. a great ball, but I would say Madison Keys is crushing the ball. Kennan's she well, is. She's crushing the ball. Kennan's yeah. Kennan hits a good ball, but I would say she's crushing it. Like she isn't, but she's not exactly rolling the ball. It's not the yeah. uh, you know roll patrol over here. Mm-hmm. Ke- Kevin, I roll the ball and I managed to miss the entire court. Uh, you know the green on the inside, blue on you the can, outside. You I can slap that back in a little bit. You can. You can. You can you can put some sure, torque on I can yeah. right into the net, dude. I have the whole atmosphere in the net is what I like to, to hit. Me and that have a good relationship. I've been hitting that thing for ten. If only people years. knew how you played, I just I wish like oh maybe we'll have to spend an episode just describing each other's games. <laughs> but don't, don't get back in the pick. Let's get the pick. Let's get the pick. All right. So Kenneth or Madison Keys. Here's the difference. This is a tougher matchup, right? Both of these players are better on the Australian Open. It suits Key's game, I think. Madison Gee's 20 and 8 career. Sophia Kennan 9 and 3. Obviously done very well there. Yeah. Uh, I do I do think that this is a little tougher match, but the, the odds too come into effect. Keys is minus 140. I think that's too much. I do like Madison Keys. I do like her experience. I do like her game. I don't think Sophia Kennan's playing so poorly that it's something that we need to say, okay, this is a serious favor. I like Sophia Kennan plus 120. I take that to the bank, back it up with the other Brings truck with Radicanu, and and hit it both. Yeah, I like I like Kenan in that match. So we're 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 on the same page with that one. Just to be clear, we'll, we'll summarize it one more time. The four versus one sounds like a Kevin Griffin Saturday night for those of you out there interested. Oh my God, uh, stop! Rock. Stop! If you, <laughs> if God, you want to run the big the play, wrong idea on this freaking podcast. <laughs> I think your mom might get the wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, don't bring my mom into this. <laughs> my mom, I love you. Look, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> 
Look, if there's anybody out there, I think podcast. <laughs> no mom jokes. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> My mom is probably nodding her head right now. Look, if, your mom, if, in, if you in want her to voice, be, your mom's like Simon. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, my mom is like really nice. I don't know. Your what mom's sweet. Your mom's sweet. I just think it's I funny because she does sound like that. Like Simon. <laughs> when you say something like slam van or something, she's like, Simon. <laughs> You're going to bring the slam van in here. I'm oh going to wait till the third episode to back the slam van up. For those of you out there, you're going to want to run the slam van on these lines. But look, I would say that's four plays. Radakanu over Stevens. Keys over – or sorry, Jiminy, Chris. I got to start over now. This is terrible. You got the slam van distracting me. Radakanu <laughs> over Stevens. Cannon over Keys. Sunwu Kwan over Holger Rune. Maxime Cressy over John Isner. For you degenerates, if you really want to run the big play parlay, that's it for you. Uh, I think in a week, Kevin, we're going to find out whether or not we were right. Yeah, no, I, I, I think we, we hopefully we called it right. Um, but yeah, let's uh, meet up again. We'll go on week two of Australia. Matches start Sunday night for those of you that are in the United States. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, Simon. This was fun. Australia, here we go. Let's do it. Enjoy yourself out there, Kevin. Yeah, thank you again for joining us on Causing a Racket podcast. <laughs> <laughs>